Let's bring in Bob Aicino, the founder of the Chief Strategist of Path Trading Partners. He's joining us this morning to talk commodities. Bob, we've been discussing the Fed this morning, expectations, contributing factors to present circumstances. They're trying to navigate uh, ultimately. And, well, a big part of that discussion is uh, where I'd like to begin our talk, uh, crude. Uh, basically, from the end of September, the low that we saw down around 76, back to 90 this week. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Crude is definitely a factor, and I, I think it's very unlikely that the Fed isn't watching it, as we know how much of yeah. an effect it has on goods inflation in general. You combine that with sort of the transport issues. A lot of people call it supply chain, and I think it was a supply chain issue, but now it's a transport issue where we've got diesel inventories basically at all-time lows. And you're looking at uh, crude oil price that's slowly rising, which is going to make it much more difficult. Now, my base case for crude oil is still $65 before we get to $105. Okay. But that's actually turning neutral. I'm actually long crude oil, very small right now, with a target of about $96. I talked about it on our podcast on Monday that that was a position I was putting on, but it was a more of a short-term trade. We've talked before, Ben, when I put on trades, I generally have about a 24, 25-day hold time that's just on average uh, this one could be short could be longer it could be stopped out but overall the shift is definitely happening in crude oil where demand is still weak but the likelihood that supply continues to exceed demand especially when you're looking at diesel uh, without rambling which i think i've already done alexander novak yesterday deputy prime minister used to be only the the oil minister the energy minister of russia said that russia is already two million barrels below their opec plus quota which drops next month to 10.5 million barrels so supply is definitely a concern yeah no bob you bring up a good point here and we had been watching in terms of the declines here as far as crude oil off the spike highs that we saw earlier this spring the war on uh, ukraine spike highs uh, 130. Uh, let's pull up this chart here. I think it really uh, tells the story here. And then the retest of the 120 area failed to attempt get back up into those uh, uh, March highs. But you can see the decline since. But as uh, and to your point here, Bob, as I look at uh, heating oil, um, we're talking diesel on the right. I mean, you can see that it nowhere near the same trajectory off those highs from earlier this year. So uh, it's been holding above three dollars here. And uh, again, uh, crude recently, I mean, down into the 76 level I just mentioned, uh, that was a back uh, to the levels we hadn't seen since the beginning of the year. I mean, if if uh, our uh, heating oil, I'm sorry, uh, um, diesel had made it down to that level, we'd have been talking about 235, 240, it looks like. So uh, to your point here, this does feed into those inflation uh, well, headwinds that the Fed's being forced to deal with. Let's talk a little bit about how I saw this week the crude, uh, that OPEC report, it was very uh, much longer dated. I saw figures all the way up to like 2045, but some of the uh, more closer looking uh, expectations, uh, the uh, numbers that they put out, they do suggest that we're going to see increased demand. It did seem to support prices there as well, in addition to the dollar, which has weakened a little bit, uh, hanging out around this 110, 111 area. Look, there's a lot of great information in that OPEC report, but something I've learned over the last 10, 12 years of reading that thing is it's very similar to reading um, stock market projections from a long-only mutual fund. Okay. Right? I mean, OPEC is always slightly take, biased. Take it with, with a time. grain of salt. Yeah, in their report. But they're not necessarily uh, biased. Like, it's not just an okay. outright bullish okay. note. Uh, you can find some really good information in there. And one of the, the things that I pulled out of it was, again, the idea that transport within the U.S. is so strained, 
Right now, we don't have any more pipeline capacity. People always talk about refinery capacity, but overall pipeline capacity is less than what it was predicted to be four or five years ago. It's a lot less. So if the pipelines are full going to the refineries and the refineries are full of capacity in terms of utilization, which they're not, by the way, you have to ship raw crude oil by rail. Rail cars take 18 months to build an oil safe rail car that's based on EPA regulations, which I absolutely think are necessary. If you get a rail car accident, you don't want a crude oil leak. We haven't had one in 40 years, but still you want those things to be secure. They take 18 months to build. So you don't have enough rail cars. That means crude oil is being shipped to refinery on trucks that run on diesel when diesel inventories are at all time lows. So in order to solve the diesel shortage, you have to use diesel. It's just the kind of a situation that isn't quickly fixed. Yeah. So that's one of the things I, I pulled out of that OPEC report is when they talk about demand coming back, they are talking about medium to long-term to ultra long-term. And they talk about supply being uh, somewhat balanced right now. It is for right now. But when the demand come back, comes back, it's not going to be. And that's likely what's going to drive these prices higher in the medium to long-term. Bob, lastly, in terms of crude and some of the bullish factors, as we inch our way back up to this $90 level, we started off the week talking about uh, China and lifting of some of these zero COVID uh, tolerance policies, ultimately potential that that could bring some demand back. I'm not necessarily sure that's going to happen this week or next, but uh, ultimately it does sort of raise sentiment and it just kind of perks up that uh, the idea that at some point we'll get there. Yeah, I think the look, the overall inflation picture, Ben, is really what everyone is looking at, right? And when you look at what we just talked about with crude oil and how that's going to go back into goods prices, then you mentioned the ADP number. Uh, did you see the wage component of that ADP number? I mean, it was strong. So it, all of what we've talked about this morning puts the Fed in a really bad position this afternoon to where they need to be hawkish, but they also need to be careful about giving a message for something they're not actually going to fulfill in order to defend their credibility just overall. Bob, talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, Russia. And uh, while some of the headlines we've seen this week, grain prices spiked initially in reaction to news that they were going to pull out of this uh, uh, Black Sea agreement. Uh, and then today it seems like they're back in. And while well, we've seen the move lower in reaction to. You know, look, whatever pressure can be put on Russia, and I don't know if there's anything left uh, in terms of uh, negative pressure, it, it needs to be put on. They need to be in this deal. It's one of those things that, like, if you can solve any problem globally, this the is price it. of food would be the one that you'd want yeah. to solve. So seeing corn down 2%, seeing soybeans, I think, down around three quarters of a percent. So seeing wheat down 6%. Wheat is still such a major component to global food supplies. Uh, whatever pressure needs to be put on Russia or whatever carrot needs to be put to avoid using the stick needs to be done because they need to be in this agreement at least short term. Gives us something to keep an eye on in addition to the Fed. That's for sure, Bob. Appreciate you joining us here to uh, help us talk commodities this morning. Bob Iaccino joining us from Path Trading Partners.